0: Block Talk
1: Radio Welcome to the Football Garbage Time NFL Podcast. My name is Satun Wong and I'm the editor-in-chief of Football Garbage Time and with me as always is my co-host Adam Aneva of the Burgundy Gold Report. Dude, I know We've been tweeting back and forth throughout the draft, but overall, you got to tell me, how do you think this draft stacked up to all the past drafts? I have
0: to say, all the trades that went on, you know, the movement, honestly, yep. it, just, it kept going through the, past the first round. I think with the quarterback you and me talked though all the Mac Jones smoke. It was so funny. Listen to Kyle <laughs> Shanahan say they knew from the beginning it was Lance. And honestly, so did I. Everyone Thanks. kept saying, okay, well, you know, he's a more pro-ready quarterback. I said, yeah, but look who, what he had the most success with, which was RG3 in Washington, which was a subpar NFL quarterback that he made look great because right. he's a great schemer. So, honestly, that was the best thing that I walked away with. But, like, from top to bottom, I saw so many drops in this round. To me... I can't wait to get into it but I saw so many picks that should have been in the first round they went even in the third round. So oh, that's I know. how this draft tracked up the last year. The value in the day two, day three was more than I've seen in probably at least the three last three, four years.
1: Yeah, it's wild because, you know, I, I mean as the, the uh, at first I was surprised by not having a lot of trades in the first you know 10 picks and then it really started picking up and in the second day obviously it really 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 started picking up so it really got to break down there and i gotta ask you because everyone knows we love nachos but watching football did you watch did you watch the draft of nachos too adam
0: i tell you i was just like stuck in my office like a hermit <laughs> and honestly i was just like drinking red bulls drinking coffee like, the, last year, it was, like the nachos everything this year it was just like as I'm watching, I'm watching film at the same time. Because as we know, there was so many picks in this draft. Like, I didn't even know. So it's like, I'm trying to get ahead of the game. So, uh, not this year. But honestly, I'm looking forward to the season. Because that's when, like, me and the family break out the nachos, the wins, everything.
1: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And I can tell you, I discovered something new. I threw some, like, I chopped up some hot dogs and threw them in my nachos. <laughs> and that's some junk nachos, but oh, cool. well, they are delicious. I'm telling you right now. That's good, <laughs> good stuff. That's go good wrong. stuff. It's not going to win any awards or anything, but man, you want comfort <laughs> food. All right. Well, we we got lots to talk about today because as you know, 2021 NFL Draft is now complete. So we're going to walk through every round and tell you who we think the best picks for each round are and any notable picks. And we're going to talk about much, much more. So let's get this rolling. All right, let's start with round one, right at the top of the 2021 NFL Draft. Adam, why don't we start with you? Tell us who you think were the best picks in the first round of the draft.
0: Like, you know, we were just talking before we came on, Trey Lance to San Francisco. The fact yep. that people were talking about Mac Jones, all the smoke, from the beginning, it just made no sense. Fields was probably the next rational one for me, but certainly not Mac Jones. So I think the story with them getting that and just, you know, building a team right now around him, I think, by bringing Trent Williams back, extending him. <clears throat> in the market right now, you know, although he could be in his decline, I, I do think he's a Washington fan. But, hey, they've got that left side locked down. So they're building something in San Francisco, and I think they added enough weapons to be, you know, really competitive. But as, as far as the whole story of the first round, to me, of course, it, it's Lawrence. It, it's Lawrence right. and Jacksonville. Because totally. they didn't stop there. You know, they made sure they got his teammate, Travis Etienne. So, to me, oh. right now, Jacksonville, um, as a fan of football, I think they, they're built the way they were when Mark Brunel was there as far as talent and running back, receiver, quarterback, all around. So, that's definitely a team that really got real good in a hurry.
1: Oh, yeah. No doubt about it. I mean, I, I totally agree with that. I mean, actually, I was really surprised. And let me – I'm going to let you continue on continue with first-round picks. But I want to ask you this question about that, the Travis Etienne pick. Because, you know, personally and from a PR perspective and all this other stuff, you know, as a fan of football and I'm sure Jacksonville fans, it's exciting to see someone like Trevor Lawrence team up with Travis Etienne. But what do you think? Does that make sense to you from a pure football X of the Nose perspective, from a pure needs of the Jaguars perspective, to take Travis Etienne late in the first round? Well the fact
0: that they already have a legit running back core already, you know, I right. think what they're doing there, it's more than adding to the stable. You have to understand if you watch what ETN can do, he's gonna give you that Reggie Bush, um, Marshall Falk time you know, I wouldn't go making not Marshall Falk, but you know, think of Reggie <laughs> Bush. If he was if Reggie Bush came into the modern day NFL and he was used correctly he would probably be a ten run, ten reception a guy game, twenty touches a game, and that's exactly what I think. S C N Game, so he's going to be involved in the passing game and so much. And yes, I could say so many teams that did way bigger reaches and you know need, definitely more need two three positions came before that. But you have to right. understand, bringing Lawrence in and having the comfortability, with the Urban Meyer, that's someone that the jury's out. Let's see if he can do it on that on the next level. But I think. He's working something there. And by getting Etienne to me, that was a statement that he has a plan of, you know, how he wants to go about it.
1: Yep. No, no doubt about it. And like I like I said on Twitter, you know, if you can't win, why not draft all of the Clemson Tigers? You know, I mean, obviously they know how right. to win. So get them on your team, folks. It's uh, no big secret there. And let me ask you about Trey Lance just really quick here because – you know, there's the question of what happens to Jimmy G, and there's some, there was some talk on Twitter. Jimmy G was one of the first to reach out to Trey Lance and congratulated welcomed him to the team. Um, obviously, it seems like Garoppolo will be the starter next year. I mean, it seems to make sense. But what are your thoughts about Jimmy G's long-term um, outlook with the 49ers now that Trey Lance is there?
0: I tell you, it's really interesting because I think – what makes sense is to keep him there for the year. I think he's on a two-year deal. He's got some significant money over the next two years. Nothing crazy, but I think keeping him this year makes total sense. So I don't think he's going anywhere. But I'll tell you what's something crazy, to, you know, the crossover with that is the whole Kirk Cousins situation. Yes. This, If there was going to be any opportunity – for Shannon to make a move. And I think either was a secret, which I don't think it was, but that the Kirk Cousins, Minnesota situation is not going to probably go past this year. So I was a little surprised that they weren't involved in that. So I think by keeping Jimmy G, that gives them that one year instead of committing to like an older veteran, because if you're going to commit to someone like let's say Cousins, with the connection to Shanahan, it's the three-year, we've seen Cousins, he established a guaranteed contract, you know, 30-plus yep. million a year, and he's past that now. He's, he's he's definitely nowhere near that kind of money. So I think by investing in Trey Lance, what you're probably going to see is their plan will be to ease him in slowly, but there's no way he's not going to be. By midseason, by injury or Garoppolo or just performance, he'll, he'll be playing. I think early on, don't be surprised if you even see him, like, in sub packages because I just see that's
1: the kind of innovation
0: that Shanahan brings to the table.
1: Yeah, yeah, no doubt. I can actually see a situation similar to what we saw with Alex Smith and Patrick Mahomes as well. You know, if, if, if they can be, maybe Jimmy G stays um, moderately successful throughout the year and then they, they ease Trey Lance into the system and see where he goes from there. And, and hey, listen, the future looks bright for them at the quarterback position. Anybody else in the first round that you'd like to highlight for us, um, Adam? Um, Yeah, you can't not look at Atlanta. <laughs>
0: Um, the whole situation with Julio Kyle Jones Pitt. and then they go with and everyone's like, okay, Kyle Pitts is replaced him. I think it would be silly to right now move on from Julio Jones. Like, right. why did this year, like, you know, Jones, uh, excuse me, uh, Matt Ryan, you're not moving on from him this year or next year. So right. you have a, a team in place right now with Pitts that's going to come in and have instant success. He can have a thousand yards and six touchdowns and people are going to say, what happened? Because he's a yep. generational talent, but Right now, what they're building over there, uh, they made some picks later on that you know we'll get into. But I think that they're building on both sides of the ball to really compete now with some of the picks that they made for the next year, or two years. Because I don't see is I see every pick they made in the first four picks as instant starters and guys that they expect to play right away. So I think right. this is a year, two year you run for them, and then they're gonna you know basically blow it all up with Pitts being the you know the franchise guy next year. And I think next year they'll probably go for that first round quarterback.
1: Yeah, no doubt. It'd be really interesting to see how they build it up. But obviously, Kyle Pitts, very exciting going to Atlanta there. And before we leave the first round, I, I would be remiss. Everyone knows I'm biased being a Chicago Bears fan, but I'd be remiss not at least saying a few words about Justin Fields. I mean, um, honestly, as a Bears fan, I, I did not expect us, Necessarily to land a quarterback, I wanted us to. You, you, it was. I was very clear about that, but I didn't expect us to get one because of all the smokescreen that was uh, raised, be, being uh, with Andy Dalton being our QB one, et cetera, et cetera. Well, you know, as we talked about before, the Bears they've never had a 4,000 yard passer in their entire existence. In fact, they're the only NFL team not to have a 4,000 yard passer since the NFL went to 16 games, and so they will never have one in that era since we we're down to 17 games. And you know, the ba- the Bears last. First team All Pro quarterback Johnny Lujack in 1950. So it's been a while for us. <laughs> wow. It's been a while wow. for us. Um, so uh, you can understand how excited I am about Justin Fields Definitely. and about the Bears moving up to 11 to get it. Um, I thought it was a savvy move, and I, you know, I don't, I don't want to say Justin Fields can save the day. I mean, I've, I've obviously seen how this can go wrong. I mean, not, not to to uh, use your, uh, you know, Washington football team as an example, but, you know, Dwayne Haskins, I right. actually thought he was going to be way yep. better than he was going to be and came out of a similar system, so to speak. Uh, right. So, you know, you don't know what's going to happen here, but you know, there's, at least there's upside, you know, we've, we've been, it's been a long time since the bears have had an upside. I mean, they, I know we moved up from three to two to take Trubisky uh, only a couple of years ago, but that being said at that time, Nagy and Pace thought they had the inside track on, on uh, Trubisky that knew something about him that none of us knew. Turns out they didn't. Turns out we all knew what he was, right. and he was exactly that. Justin Fields is someone who has been profiling as maybe the second-best quarterback in the draft. Maybe. I mean, obviously, there right. is, it's debatable. I mean, after you get past Trevor Lawrence, it's kind of a mishmash of pluses and minuses. But at least he's in the discussion. And that's something that really wasn't there for Trubisky when he was selected. So I I am very excited about this. He's a dual threat. um, But I I like him because he's not a dual threat that likes to to run so much as extend plays. And I kind of liken that to the Russell Wilson type of dual threat. Although I'm not going to say he's Russell Wilson. So don't nobody go and blow up my social media (laughs) for calling him Russell Wilson, okay? We know how good he is. He's not Russell Wilson, at least not yet. But I think he has the ability to extend plays, and he's a very confident, comfortable pocket passer. I think we can build off that. And it gives us hope, because it was really hard to have hope with Andy Dalton. I can tell you that. Really hard. Um, Really, really hard. But anyway, let's go ahead and uh, move on from round one. Hit the bell. Go to round two. Adam, tell us, who do you think were the best picks of the second round of the draft?
0: Um, Man, you know, I have to start with – I don't know about a pick that really stood out for which was for Washington with was Samuel Cosme uh, out of mm-hmm. Texas. He's yep. a guy that I looked at pre-draft, and it was interesting because there was work ethic questions, and you know, was he just uh, you know athletic lineman? Because you know, I think it was four eight two. He ran in the forty, and just like right. you know, jumped out the screen at that athletic testing. But the more and more I've dug into him and what I've seen. This guy fits perfect in Washington. Is he a left tackle? That's what I don't know. What's interesting is because they do have Morgan Moses on the right side, and they're very similar prospects. Six seven, waistbenders. You know, it's, it's definitely a concern when you see that for the big guys. But I do think it was a pick that, as Washington fans, we wanted an offensive lineman. But we there was definitely more value on the board, and we'll talk about that when we go to the next pick. But to have a guy like that to come in to help uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, because we saw what he did in Miami with, you know, a terrible line. In Washington, I think they've slowly, you know, they got Eric Flowers. Since we've had the, you know, our last show, they got Eric Flowers from the Dolphins by flip-flopping seventh-round pick. He came to them as a guard last year. It was one of the top, not last year, excuse me, 2019. It was rated, the think, in the top four guards in the NFL after he switched from tackle. So they're building something on that offensive line, but – that was definitely, I think, one of the under-radar picks from the second round that can definitely go either way. But I think with Ron Rivera and what he's building over there, I think it's a really interesting pick. Because you bring in Vine, Brian Fitzpatrick, and you basically skip on quarterback in the entire draft, which I said they would do. So, yep. we'll talk about each position, but they really hit. They're a team, to me, that might have not had the most glamorous draft. But if you go from A to Z from an all the analysts, you'll really see nobody giving worse than a B that, in my opinion, is reputable. So, Cosme in that second round that definitely jumped out for sure
1: yeah no doubt no doubt about it that's a, a, obviously a really good pick there Any, anybody else in the second round really jumped out at you
0: yeah a guy I loved out of UCF he was at the senior bowl uh Richie Grant he was a safety I actually projected him in the first round so we saw a lot of that some guys came a little early but Richie Grant you know he came by the senior bowl two interceptions the first day he was there at a UCF uh you know free safety ball hawk I wrote about him and he was just An unbelievable value. We were talking about Atlanta earlier. To be able to grab him in the second round after you get Kyle Pitts. So, again, that's two starters right there. So, for my money, you know, we get into the second round. Those are my two, probably ones that stick out the most. One that, you know, I'll I'll say that I think is a reach was uh, Tampa Bay going Kyle Trask at number 64. Mm -hmm. There was great value that they could have, you know, really put on the – especially on the offensive side of the ball. You know, we saw them address some needs later, but that offensive line—you want to help Brady as much as you can. We've seen injuries, so you just want to build that depth. They had an opportunity, and instead they—you re- know—they they reached on track. You hear Brady's probably going to play this year and next year. I don't understand why you do it. I think you wait till next year, or even in this draft and go in the fourth round. So to me, that was the worst pick of the second round.
1: Wow. Okay. Well, strong words there. Worst pick of the second round. <laughs> I do not. I yeah, do not I'm, not a, I'm not. A, as you can see. As you can see, I'm not a chess fan. No, <laughs> very true. Very, that is clear. That is absolutely clear. Um, and so I was going to mention a couple guys in the second round that hit my radar. Uh, I think one of them that uh, is not going to surprise anyone, again, partially due to my bias, but also because I loved him. And I, in our mock draft, I actually mocked him in the first round to the Jets, but then they ended up trading up and taking somebody else for the offensive line. But Tevin Jenkins. I really liked Tevin yeah. Jenkson going 39th overall in the second round to the bears. I mean, I mean, yeah. I thought just great value. Exactly. And and I was thinking, you know, we really didn't need a left tackle, but now we've released Charles Leno. So pretty clearly we're, we're going to need a left tackle. He played obviously right tackle for the most, but he did play left tackle and right guard as well. And had a very right. impressive pro day. Uh, you know, I think that there's a lot here. He should have been, in my opinion, a first rounder, maybe even earlier in the second round. Bears moved up again to get him. Uh, they were very aggressive about getting this guy. I think that was a great move, yeah. good value there. Yeah. I also loved um, the um, edge rusher Aziz Ujalari from Georgia being selected by the Giants yeah. in the second round, 50th overall. Wow! I know that there were some yeah. uh, reports about a, a medical uh, issue in his knee, um, but this is this is too far of a slide. I mean, he he's just too far of a slide. Director James Andrews, checked them out. He okayed him in the pre-draft process. You should not have to worry about that. Going to 50th overall, I, I really think he should. I mean, he's definitely one of the best pass rushers in the class uh, and has ridiculous speed. Um, I just, I'm just, i just amazed that he fell so far. And um, a great, great value from the Giants, who did a great job of trading back twice, you know, to, and just kind of stockpiling yeah. picks and getting value all the way down. So um, kudos to the Giants for that. I also want to mention uh, my guy from Notre Dame, Jeremiah Owusu-Karamoa. Um, the linebacker, 52nd overall by the Browns. Again, some guy that I, I I thought slipped too far. I know there was he was diagnosed with a heart issue. It came up late in the draft process. Um, it it actually he actually cleared it. Yeah, but you know, I think that that kind of made people a little bit uh, jumpy, a little edgy about it, so to speak. Uh, this guy is is out is is outrageous. He's he's incredibly fast. He's hel- he can help control the outside from the running game. He can really Um, stop people downhill. I mean, he is all over the place. He is amazing. I saw him obviously play a lot at Notre Dame um, and he, you know, tied the team lead of 80 tackles in 2019, five and a half uh, sacks, four pass breakups. The guy is all over the place. He had two forced fumbles. I mean, he's basically all over the field, wherever you need him. So I I really do think great value at 52nd overall there for the Browns with uh, Jeremiah Owusu-Karamoa out of Notre Dame. Okay. Let's move on. Let's go on to the third round here, hitting the bell. And Adam, tell us who do you think were the best picks in the third round of the draft?
0: It was the that's what the the runner receiver really started happening. You know, I'll start with Green Bay. They finally addressed receiver. Yes. They oh finally got a weapon for Aaron Rodgers. And who did they get? A R. Amani <laughs> Rodgers from Clemson. Right. And, honestly, 85, another good value pick because he was definitely looked at as a guy that could go in that top 60, 65 range. You know, and the funny thing is he's actually comp to uh, Randall Cobb, which, Mm -hmm. you know, we all know that, you know, uh, Rodgers had great success with him. But, you Mm -hmm. know, again, Homer talk, but I come back to Washington. This was one of the best picks of the third round, if not one of the best picks of the day, which was De'Ami Brown. Oh North yeah, Carolina. This is oh, a guy yeah. that people just, you know, you've, you, you've seen me on Twitter, what I've said, my profile picture is him and everything. But this is a guy that people aren't talking about. I don't really understand why. You're talking about between 2019 and 2020, 106 receptions, over 2,100 yards, 20 touchdowns, and nearly 19 yards per reception. Somebody yep. was talking about this is, you know, a guy you're just going to send deep and that's it. But, again, <clears throat> his yards after catch – are what nobody's talking about. All, um, out of the 20 touchdowns, I think it was something like 14 touchdowns came on deep routes. So, of course, that, that's the YouTube highlights. Everyone's spoken upon. But I've been all weekend, and I've, right now I'm on three games, and I've seen so many plays where he's just stopping on a dime. He had a, a, a catch against Wake Forest where he was on the five, and he basically broke to the sideline, stopped on a dime. You, the linebacker's face just didn't know what happened. He just ran into <laughs> the zone. This guy... You're pairing him now with Terry McLaurin and now Curtis Samuel's uh, that they got from uh, Carolina Panthers and now Antonio Gibson. You're talking about he's the slow one running a four four three.
1: So yeah, this I know is a
0: crazy offense with Fitzpatrick. Everyone's focused so much on the deep routes, but Deami Brown man, this is a guy that's going to slowly come in and do damage. But the reaches of the third round, man, it's coming back to the quarterbacks again because after those first four quarterbacks, to me, there was a lot of reaches. We'll start with Davis Mills in Houston. Obviously, the paranoia is real. Deshaun Watson, it's not looking good for his situation. But, man, talk about a reach. Because Davis Mills, everyone is so stuck on the high school phenom and this and that. But the guys had two knee surgeries, torn ACLs, completely torn, okay? This yeah. guy is not a big guy. We're not talking about a six foot 6'6 guy, 250, that, you know, had the injuries coming back. He's, he's got size, but not that kind of size. So, to me, that was a huge reach. And then, Mon, we, we were talking about Minnesota in the current yep. situation, 66. That's, that, that, you know, we're talking about a guy that was a four-year starter that really, you know, had production, but he didn't really, you want to see every year from a player, you want to see them get better and better. But right. for him, it just kind of stayed the same. He looks like a stiff version of Colin Kaepernick, in my opinion. Ugh, he can move, okay.
1: <laughs> but he looks, like a
0: stiff, he, he looks like a stiff version of that. That's You know, okay. he can get the ball downfield, but the accuracy is just not there. So if this is the guy that they're, you know, counting on helping Kirk Cousins, I think you're going to see a lot of RPO and a lot of zone read then because he's just not the guy that's going to throw 250, 300. But maybe that's not what Minnesota wants to do. But, yeah, crazy third round for sure.
1: Oh, definitely. And I want to just second your love for Diami Brown in our mo- in our mock draft. I actually mocked him in the second round for the Seattle Seahawks. I would love to see him out there in Seattle with DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. That should make Russell Wilson happy. I mean, the guy's a home run hitter. I mean, he averaged over 20 yards per reception and had over 1,000 yards receiving in 2019 and 2020. The guy is insane. I love the talent. I love the value. Dayami Brown, really great pick. Let's go ahead and move on to the uh, next uh round here let's go to the fourth round and adam tell us who you think the best and worst picks of the fourth round are
0: um this is a, another guy that i actually wrote on uh is deontay smith um offensive tackle east carolina this guy was great value uh he was a former wrestler uh, but He was projected as somebody that could slide inside, but he's got the, the prerequisite is to have those, I think, 77, 70 and a half inch arms. He has oh, nearly 80. This guy slides wow. in or outside. Great value at 139. I had him as a guy that I could see late, thir- uh, early fourth, and so he went, you know, at 139. So I thought that was right where he went, but – they actually took, uh, Jackson Carmen was another guy I wrote out that previously had a third round value. So they, some thought there was a little bit of a reach at 46. So Cincinnati with Joe Burrow coming back, uh, they added Jamar Chase. There was question about that offensive line. So I think with those two offensive line, you have a Jackson Carmen and then Deontay Smith in the fourth round. They really built something. Um, but another team that I think is really building something, uh, the past, of course, they went Jones in the first yep. round, as we all know, but. Another guy that I actually watched a lot of film and wrote about was Ramondre, Ramondre Stevenson. Uh, I was just listening now before the show, and Sony Michelle—he's not going to get his option picked up. He's had injury concerns. He's just had too many durability issues. So this is a guy to really watch out for, you know, especially our fantasy owners in, in uh, uh, New England, because we know that Bill Belichick is not going to throw the ball with with Cam Newton and with whenever Mac Jones plays. We're not going to be seeing 30 pass attempts a game. So this is a guy that we could see have a lot of kids say. He was a Juco star. That's why not a, people, not a lot of people know right. about him because after his year at Juco, he had some production at Oklahoma State. You know, everyone knows the passing scheme over there, but he wasn't featured too much, but he is a hell of a receiver. Um, and to me, the most underrated pick of the entire fourth round, Jalen Darnan, wow. uh, North Texas. He was my, one of my top day two, day three receivers that I wrote about. Uh, second in the nation between, uh, behind Devontae Smith. So you're talking about Brady on top of all the weapons that he already has. They've, you know, uh, extended their tight end. They're bringing back ground, And now they have Jalen Darden as their fourth, fifth option. The dude was second in the nation. So most underrated pick. But the worst pick in the fourth round, no question. And they had the worst draft. And to me, it's not even close, is the New Orleans Saints. Ian Book at one thirty three. I don't know what you're gonna. I don't know what you're gonna do with him because yeah, I, yeah. I I watched him when I was looking for quarterbacks and this is a guy that most people thought it was being undrafted. So at one thirty three, you're talking about beyond a reach. So that was a bad pick. And honestly, like I said, the Saints they they just had a bad draft. You know, they reached on Peyton Turner at number twenty eight. Guy that yeah. guy was rated as a third fourth round by almost everybody. So if he breaks out, more power to him. But Saints had a horrible draft.
1: Yeah, and, you know, I wish I, wish I could say more uh, nice things about Ian Book because, as you know, I'm a big Notre Dame fan. But I watched a lot of that, a lot, almost all his games. In fact, I've watched all his college games. And uh, he's horrible outside the numbers. He doesn't throw up anticipation. I He doesn't have a big arm. I don't know what you're going to do. I really don't. It's uh, it's really unfortunate for him. But, hey, kudos to him. He got drafted in the fourth round. Let's move on. Fifth round. Here we are, Adam. We're getting to the really good stuff now. So, who do you think were the best picks in the fifth round of the draft? So
0: the fifth round was the the, the round of value. You mm-hmm. know, I'll start with um, Miami tight end Brevin Jordan. As a Washington fan, I, I was pissed off because – we had an opportunity to get him. We got uh, yes. bags a tight end from Boise State, and honestly, the more I've watched him, the more I understand. Because uh, Washington's Logan Thomas, who they want to actually obviously feature more in the passing game than they even did, and he is just more that prototypical uh, prototypical blocker, but can have you know an impact in the passing game. But Brevin Jordan, man, that that's a guy that you line up as H back. You move in the option. You know he's that's that flex guy. So, to me, the Texans to be able to get him in 147, I was waiting to hear some kind of injury concerns or, you know, medical issues, something like we heard all day with different prospects. But it just never happened. He just dropped. Um, but right. then the next one, as much as I hate to say it, the Eagles, a guy, I another guy I wrote of, Kenneth Gainwell um, out mm-hmm. of Memphis. You know, he yep. was with Antonio Gibson in 2019. The pair combined for, I think, over a little bit over 3,000 yards and think close to 30 touchdowns. And he had major production last year as a Belcal starter. So pairing him with what they have in Philadelphia, the NFC East got a lot stronger. But I think overall, one of my favorite teams in this draft, and a little bias I'm living in New York, but the Jets, they're really yep. making Woo. some great moves. Because, uh, you, know, you know, with Zach Wilson, Corey Davis, Denzel Mills uh. last year, Uh, you know, a guy we didn't talk about, Elijah Moore from Ole Miss. That guy, you know, that guy's going to be a 1,000-yard guy, you know, mark it down. Um, But then they found Michael Carter, uh, the running back um, uh, from UNC. I actually did a piece on him and four others pre-Senior Bowl, and he was just unbelievable. You know, everyone talked about, you know, his teammate, but this guy is just that smaller type, uh, you know, get-between-the-tackles that I think is just going to, you know, thrive in what they're looking to do in the Jets, but um, we come back to the Bucks. <laughs> the rich get yeah. richer, uh, yeah. you know, KJ, KJ Britt at 176. I had him, you know, that was definitely, I had him around earlier and I thought that he was going to have a major impact. This guy's going to be a rotational guy with Levante David coming back and Devin White going nowhere. So Tampa Bay just got better and better, and better. I don't see how they don't get back to the Super Bowl with what they did, but yeah, the fifth round, a lot of value picks, but you know, mostly on the offensive side of the ball.
1: Yeah, no doubt about that. And, of course, Kenneth Gainwell in our mock draft went in the second round. Wole actually drafted him in the mock draft for the Miami Dolphins in the second round. Uh, So, clearly, lots of value there. And I will also add one person to the mix here. Uh, Davion Nixon out of Iowa, defensive tackle of Iowa, selected 158th overall in the fifth round. Big Ten Defensive Player of the Year in 2020. He led... The Hawkeyes defense last season, 45 total tackles on a team high five and a half sacks with a forced fumble and his ridiculous interception return for a touchdown. So, you know, at the end of the day, big, 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 big talent. Bad pro day hurt him, (laughs) but sliding to the fifth round, whoo, that's some value right there. All right, let's go on to the sixth round. And I'll say one more thing about our mock draft, by the way, which I tweeted out. We got eight exactly right and 22 with the exact right position drafted. So – Kudos to us. I think that was pretty good. Not not too shabby, yes, I'd say, for, sure. for a mock draft. All right, let's go ahead, hit the bell on this. Let's go on to the sixth round. I actually love the sixth round. I, I'll tell you that. Yeah. Let's go, Adam. Sure you tell did. you who do you think were your best picks <laughs> in the sixth round.
0: I'll let you talk about Daz Newsom, but I love him for Chicago. Another North Carolina star-studded. You know, we talked about Diame Brown and Carter. You know, now you have another one out of North Carolina that starts at yep. offense. But I, I have to bring up the Washington pick. You know, the long snapper out of Michigan at 225, to me, it was definitely a reach. There was, there was so much talent on the board, um, <laughs> but they actually they moved on from the, their long snapper that they had for for over a decade. So this is what they did, and Cameron Cheeseman was the pick. But um, for the most part this round, the guy that really stuck out to me is another guy I wrote about was Shy Smith from South Carolina. Um, he yes, went to sir. the Carolina Panthers at 204. Uh, this yeah. guy was behind Debo Samuel at the at the Senior Bowl. He really showed everyone that he's not just that small slot guy that he can do a lot in the return game. He can do a lot everywhere because behind Debo uh, Samuel, he really learned that tough nose football. So to me, Caroline got got a lot better in that area. Um, other yep. than that, like I said, the Jets continue to have an awesome draft. The guy that went, I oh, think, yeah. is going to have a pretty good co- pro career is Humsa uh, Nasraddin out of Florida State. Um, I brought yep. him up on a, another pot I was on before, I, I think with, with you too as well. Um, yep. You know, number five, that's Humpson-Arabic. And this guy is a long, lang-y, lengthy, cornerback, free-safety hybrid that I think Jets are looking now to rebuild that defensive backfield. And I think the last four picks, they went all – four or five picks, they went all defense after stacking that offense. So the Jets, kudos to them. They're just building that team on both sides of the ball. You know, the former uh, 49ers defensive coordinator is just building something special out there. So, the, to me, the Jets, they just had a hell of a draft.
1: I agree totally. And, of course, uh, Hamza National Dean was, was on my list. I, I love it. What great value. I know that there was, uh, you know, there's an ACL injury in 2019 that might have been on the books. But he came back. He played two brilliant games in 2020. There shouldn't be a concern there. So, 186 overall was brilliant. And, of course, also to the Jets, Brandon Echols, cornerback uh, K- out of Kentucky, 200 overall. I mean, I mean another solid addition there uh, for the uh, Jets in the sixth round. And you mentioned Daz Newsom. I'm obviously biased because of uh, because they went to I Bears, but wow, what a great offensive yeah. talent there, going at 221 overall. And uh, heck, you mentioned um, Shai Smith because <laughs> four four speed man. I mean, he's
0: he's yeah.
1: better. I mean, he's worth much much better than a sixth round pick here, but. I know there were some character issues that were floating around on him that might have let him slip a little bit. Either way, great values there all the way around. Let's move on to the last round. Let's go to the seventh round of the draft. Who do you got, Adam?
0: Uh, again, Washington, a, a guy that you know, Penn State fans definitely know. A at Tony uh, finished career I think eighth all time in uh, tackles. I think in sacks as well. Um, this is a guy that Washington, the rich get richer as well. Our defensive front right now has a guy that can't, you know, Ryan Kerrigan, it does not look like they're going to bring him back. Um, you know, thanks for your service. But Shaka Tony mm-hmm. is a guy that they can potentially put in as that sub package, you know, blitz linebacker. I've been watching a lot of film on him. And you're talking about a guy that runs 4'5", 6'3", about 250, you know, being a tweener guy that's coming off the bench. So you're talking about value that late in the draft. You can't beat it with a guy like that. And another guy that I I really liked as well that uh, not many people are talking about is what Detroit got at running back, uh, Jeremiah Jefferson, running back, Oregon State. He's that sneaky guy. He's got a lot of questions um, about his running style. But I think Detroit, they had – a. I wouldn't call it a horrible draft, but at least they added some more offensive weapons. I think they're going to have to incorporate their running backs more into their offense and have maybe dual back sets because they don't have many, you know, many, uh, anybody receiver there right now. So those are know picks I like in the seventh round.
1: Yeah, and I, I will add one more to that. I like uh and again, a little bit of my Bears bias, but Kyris Tonga out of BYU, defensive tackle, started all four years there, really picked it up in 2019, piling on 45 tackles, four for a loss, a sack, uh, and returned in 11 games in 2020, uh, two and a half sacks and five pass breakups. The guy can get all over the place uh, really, really quick and big and powerful. I, I think there's some potential here, for the fifth rounder at 250th overall. At this point, it's just gravy because it's the seventh round. So lots of great ones there. And, of course, we'll come back next week. Maybe we'll touch on some UDFAs next week because there's a lot of great players that are picked up by teams after the draft. Obviously, a lot of great careers made out of that as well. So let us hit the air horn on the show. We've basically made it all the way through. Woo, that was a sprint and a marathon all in one. Well done, Adam. Oh, man, that was awesome. NFL draft down, but plenty of offseason to come. Adam, what do you have to promo for us tonight?
0: Yeah, you know, we've got a lot of, of course, a lot of post-draft shows talking about, you know, how we, you know, as Washington fans can see the, the draft picks fitting in on the defensive side of the ball, how, you know, an outlook. So definitely check us out on Sidelines Washington. You can find us on Apple iTunes, YouTube as well. Um, and right now for the Burgundy and Gold Report, um, we're really doing, going in a different direction right now. Even though the draft is over, we'll be touching upon that later with the 2022 uh, quarterbacks, different positions. But, you know, I'm, I'm not going to give it away right now, but we're going to do something, you know, a di- little different. Um, I've seen some sites uh, really talk about how they feel that different players will fit in. You see draft grades, things like that. So, again, as the Burgundy and Gold com, we're just trying to bring you something unique. So we're going to have someone coming out new, uh, starting with uh, the Washington late-round picks and moving our way uh, backwards in the order. So check us out, the Burgundy and Gold Uh Football Garbage Time. All our other podcasts can be found on there as well. L- Fantastic.
1: Everybody, everybody, go check that out. As I say, every single week, it's, it's for football fans all around. It's not just for Washington football fans, although if you are a Washington football fan, you are owed to yourself to go there right now. Don't even bother to wait to the end of this podcast. Just go there right now. But that being said, great site. Everyone, go check it out. And, of course, you can follow me on Twitter at FBGarbage time. Thank you for listening and wasting time with us. Until next time, enjoy your NFL week.